0: Oh God, help us to uh, see your word clearly. Help us to grow as your disciples and help us to continue to find ways to reach out to share your love with others. So, God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, this past week I saw a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine in Arkansas posted an article on Facebook. And that article was a recap of what the Hartford Institute of Religion and Research did back in 2014. And this research stated that there are about, there are less than 20% of Americans who attend worship services each week. And then after that, they gave four reasons why this was true. The first reason was that people don't want to be lectured at. Another reason is that they see the church is judgmental. Another is that they uh, see the church being hypocritical. And then they see that the church is irrelevant. You know, over the past several years, I, I've, I've done a lot of research about this, done a lot of reading with it. Uh, the BARDA group has uh, tons of research and books that, that cover these four points. And to recap all of it together, well, that's what I think the unchurched people see when they look at the church. They see it as just a waste of time. Why, why should we come and be a part of a, a congregation? Kind of heavy, isn't it? But whenever I think about that more, I, I, I kind of see where they're coming from, and I, I kind of see how it has gotten to that point. Part of it is because the church has turned more inward than has been outward. In other words, that, that we have become, we have gotten to a point where we are so focused on what we are doing and how we can take care of ourselves that we forget to think about those who are outside of these walls. Now, if you've been around for the past year and a half, or especially when we were doing this Healthy Church Initiative, you've heard these words before, that this is not anything that is new to you. But the fact of the matter is, as a congregation, we need to make sure that we are looking outward and continuing to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those who are outside of our congregation. As we continue our study in 1 Thessalonians, I think Paul, as he is writing to the Thessalonians, he's giving us ways that we can turn off this inward focus and make sure that we are looking out to the community around us. Our words for today are from, the, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to follow along, or you can see the words as they are up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. As you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, our visit with you wasn't a waste of time. On the contrary, we had the courage through God to speak God's good news in spite of a lot of opposition. Although we had already suffered and were publicly insulted in Philippi, as you know, our appeal isn't based on false information, the wrong motives, or deception. Rather, we have been examined and approved by God to be trusted with the good news And that's exactly how we speak. We aren't trying to please people, but we are trying to please God who continues to examine our hearts. As you know, we never use flattery, and God is our witness that we didn't have any greedy motives. We didn't ask for special treatment from people, not from you or from others, although we could have thrown our weight around as Christ's apostles. Instead, we were gentle with you, like a nursing mother caring for her own children. We will be glad to share not only God's good news with you, but also our very lives because we cared for you so much. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I take a look at this passage, there are a few things that come to my mind. First, the first thing that comes to mind is that it takes courage to share the good news. It takes courage to share the good news. If we look at the Gospel of John, we see a couple of stories where the the writer is sharing how the good news was spread through the person of Jesus Christ. In chapter 1, there are a couple of of future disciples that have heard about this Jesus character and and what he's doing around the Sea of Galilee. And one of them, by the name of Philip, he goes to, to listen to Jesus preach. And as he is preaching, something tugs at his heart, and he knows that it's something that he just can't hold to himself. So he goes to his friend Nathaniel and tells them all about this person named Jesus. And as he's sharing about Jesus, he, he gives two key words that makes, uh, makes uh, Nathaniel's radar go off. He said, "There's this Jesus from Nazareth." And Nathaniel laughs and says, "How in the world can anything good come from Nazareth?" being here in Royce City, Texas, we may not understand what that means, but let me tell you, Nazareth is not a very good place. It wasn't a very good place around when Jesus was, was, was all on the earth, and it it's still not a very good place now. About six years ago, I had the opportunity to go on a Holy Land tour, and I was real excited because we were supposed to go into Nazareth. But as we made the way around to Nazareth, we took a detour up to this mountain so that we could look over Nazareth. And as we stood outside of the bus, our tour guide said, Yeah, we don't go down into Nazareth because that place is, is bad. A lot of stuff happens down in Nazareth. But if you take a look way over there, you can see the, the church where they say that Mary uh, talked with the angel about giving birth. And if you look way over there, you can see this. See, Nazareth wasn't that good of a place. So no wonder Nathaniel looked at Philip like he was crazy. How in the world do you think we could go and listen to someone from Nazareth. I look at Philip and and picture what he's going through and I can see frustration. I can see frustration because he heard the good news but he couldn't quite share it with Nathaniel. So all Philip says is come and see. Come and see this Jesus. My friends, That's all that we are asked to do as disciples of Jesus Christ, is to let people or invite people to come and see. We may have history that we don't want to unearth, or we may have things in our lives or in our past that when we look at other people, they look and they say, well, how in the world can anything good happen there? but all we can say is come and see. There, there, there is a new energy. There is new excitement. There are new ministries that are happening, that there are people getting connected to the love and grace of Jesus Christ. I, I may not be able to convince you, but all I can ask is for you just to come and check it out. A little bit later in John chapter 4, Jesus is Walking through Samaria. And there was a woman who is at a well. And, and as she is drawing water for herself, Jesus asked for some water. And the woman looks at Jesus and says, There is no way in the world, if you knew who I was, that you would ask me to do this for you. And Jesus says, Oh, I know exactly who you are. I know your past, I know your situation, I know everything about you and he went on to tell her these things and her jaw drops and she's just amazed at this man and she realizes that this man is the messiah and jesus promised her living water water that would quench her forever and she begs for this water And Jesus says, you are blessed. And she goes out to to tell her the people that she runs around with. And they said, come and meet a man who who knows everything about me. And she shared the good news by just saying, come and see. See, that's how we share the gospel. We don't have to have all the answers. I, I will never have all of the answers. But what I have is a deep abiding security that Jesus loves me and cares for me and calls me to be his own. See, it takes courage. It takes courage to, not so that we bring honor and glory to ourselves, but as Paul puts it, We aren't trying to please people, but we are trying to please God who continues to examine our hearts. See, we gather and we grow so that we can be a part of who God has called us to be. Last month was uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, and I am very thankful for for the outloving of of love and support that you gave uh, Tracy and me. But I think one of the gifts that really stuck out was something that uh, Dana Capone made. She made this, this beautiful quilt that Tracy and I now have at home, and just she poured in a lot of time in this. But she was also very sneaky along with our youth pastor. And they put out a couple of notes on Facebook that I saw at one time and went, oh, that's really kind of cool. Had no idea what it was for, but what those notes were for was to ask for Bible verses. That way she could embroidery them all around this this quilt. And Trace and I, we sat down and we looked over uh, all of these verses and it just touched us. You know, to see the verses that mean so much to you, and and this the work that was placed on this quilt. There's one verse that I I, I point out to you is if you can barely see it there on the bottom right hand side of that quilt, and it's Micah six eight, and I believe this is how we 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 show God how much we love him and how much we care for him and and we try to seek what he has called us to do micah 6 8 reminds us and it says that he has shown you O mortal what is good and what does the lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god so we do those things so that we can grow closer to God, so that we can, can show God that we are working to be His disciples to what do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. And the best way that we can do this that Paul wraps up this, this passage was, is that we share our lives. With each other. It is so important that we live in community, to allow the community to minister to us, but also to allow us the opportunity to minister to the community around us. See, being connected to God through the love and the grace of Jesus Christ and being connected to each other, that is why we gather. We gather so that we can be the good news for others. If you look at the Acts Church, that's how they grew. That's how they became as powerful as, and as such a powerful witness as they were. It's because they gathered together in community. And they lived in that community with each other. Today is a special day in the life of the church. We call it All Saints Day. And we also have, uh, Roy City, we have a special Book of Golden Memories uh, Sunday where we honor those in our church who have passed away. We honor and we remember that great cloud of witness that surrounds us. But as I mentioned earlier in the offering, today we are celebrating another important aspect of our church, and that is what we are calling Senior Adult Sunday. It's a day that we are looking at launching this new ministry called the Tri-County Shepherd Center, and this is a way that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to our seniors who are moving into this area. As I said before, you know, as a pastor, you're, you're told you need to reach out to the young families, but... One of the things that we can't ignore is that we have a lot of older adults who live in this community, but older adults that are moving here to be a part of this community so they're closer to their kids and to their grandkids. I remember this all started last year about this time when Robin uh, Woodward was in my disciple class, and you may be familiar with the story. Uh, she came to disciple, and she was upset because Uh, they were going to close down the senior center for a week so that they could tear up the floor, remove the asbestos, and put new flooring in the senior center. And she was worried because there are several seniors who are there every day because that is the only warm meal that they receive, or nutritious meal that they receive during the week. And when Robin told me that in that disciple class, I said, No, no. They're gonna eat because they'll come over here and eat. And we took care of those senior adults, feeding 40, 50, 70 a day to come over and fellowship. And it's from that moment on, we have started to look at ways to help support the seniors in our community. Our daily bread food pantry got, got involved with Uh, the overabundance of food that sometimes that they get that they know that they can't uh, pass out to our clients that come on Thursdays and Saturdays. So we we have a special table set up in the Senior Center where uh, we take extra produce and chicken and whatever, and we put it on that table, and those seniors are able to take those so we know that it's not going to go to waste. And the Tri-County Shepherd Center is a way that we can continue to share our lives together to give our seniors a place where they can experience community and love. See, we need to do this so that we can help our seniors say yes to life. As Chris said at the very end of the video, it is so true that when seniors get older, sometimes they start to fall away or or, or they get isolated, and that is just not right. The Tri-County Shepherd Center is there so that we can provide a place so they could live out the message that Jesus has given every single one of us in John 14 to, to live life and to live life abundantly. The Tri-County Shepherd Center will help, help our seniors to say yes throughout all of their lives. Chris was telling me about a friend of his that was talking about how he was looking forward to uh, shooting his age in golf. And I was thinking about that, and I was going, man, if I were to shoot my age in golf, I would have to live over 100 years. But wouldn't it be great to have a ministry so that those who will shoot over 100 can have an abundant life until then and beyond? We need to provide an avenue for our senior adults so that they can share their life experiences. One of the greatest things that we can do is just to sit down and listen we have an older adult who was uh, a part of our Wednesday night jam classes, and uh, she got sick and, and wasn't able to show up for a while, and, and she's attending worship regularly now, but I hope one day that she will be back to, uh, to love on our kiddos on Wednesday night, to give that love and support so that the kids can see one of the older adults of our church just say, I love you. I care about you. I I want you to know how much God loves me. But more importantly, how much God loves you. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 reminds us that because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning because great is God's I think the final thing, not the final thing, but one of the things that I look forward to this Tri-County Shepherd Center is that it will help seniors know that there is something new around the corner for them. That just because they are an older adult, it doesn't mean that the church is done with them. Or that they have no longer anything to offer the church, but it, it, it encompasses their gifts and allows them a place to be connected and a place to belong.